We have a collision, uh, train wreck, if you will, of good things happening today. They're just all happening. Uh, and we have our celebration for our seniors. We have a potluck. And if you don't typically stay for potluck, uh, this is the potluck um, for which to stay. This, this one is uh, everyone brings more. So, you know, there's more. It's really good. So um, come, come join us for potluck. In there, we will celebrate our seniors. We have three seniors. We have Justin, we have Alyssa, we have Zane. And we will celebrate them and their, uh, and, and their having made it through high school. It's just hard. It's real hard. Um, and so we're, we will celebrate that. Before we do that, in here, we're going to have a baby blessing um, for Ryder Bell. Uh, and so he's, uh, he'll, we'll, we'll do that, uh, before we do that. And so we're just celebrating like new people and medium sized people today. So we're, we're excited about that. And then in the middle of it, you've got to sit through this. Uh, I bet you've never been to the river Kabar. Uh, the the person I know who's gotten the closest is Steve Bell. He was in Baghdad for what, two years? You were there for a year. He's in Baghdad for a year during the Iraq war. And uh, he, uh, he, was, he was stationed there close, but they didn't let him just take strolls through the city. Uh, but if he wanted to, he was in the central part of Baghdad. If he wanted to, he could have headed, uh, he could have headed south and west and set on the river Kabar. So you've probably never been there. But it's a nice place. It's a tributary. It's a small little river. It, it um, connects uh, the Tigris to the Tigris. Um, and it's just this nice little place. Um, not fantastic. Probably doesn't hold a candle to some of the little streams and stuff we here have in Arkansas. But Ezekiel sat there one day. Ezekiel didn't have anything else to do. Because Ezekiel was a priest. Now, if you're paying attention, you think, well, don't priests, priests don't live in Baghdad. And that's right, they don't. But uh, uh, several years earlier, about four years earlier, they had come into, the Babylonians had come into Israel, had grabbed most of the people and taken them away. They set up their own paper mache king named Zedekiah. But the Babylonians were now in charge. The temple was in ruins. They didn't have a place to worship. And Ezekiel, even if he were home, didn't have a place to work. Because if you're a priest, that's all you do. If you grew up the family in the family of priests, you were a priest. You went to the temple. You offered sacrifices. You knew the ritual. You knew what to do. You were a butcher. You killed animals for a living. Burnt them on, on, on uh, sacrifice, on altars. And praised God. But here Ezekiel sits on the river Kabar nothing to do. It says in Ezekiel 1, on the fifth of the month, 
It was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim. So five years into exile. Uh, I, I think uh, John mentioned this, and I didn't hear the number he gave, so I don't want to contradict him. It's about 1,500 miles from Jerusalem to, where, to the river Kabar. 1,550 around there. That was my math. Um, it's, it's a long hike. Can't do it in a day. That's for sure. That's a joke. That's an understatement. Of course you can't do it in a day. It's 1,500 miles. You can't even drive that in a day. It's crazy. So they walked from Jerusalem to Babylon. And Ezekiel sits on the river Kabar with no sacrifices to give, with no temple in which to worship, with nothing to do. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Butsi, by the Kabar River in the land of the Babylonians. There the hand of the Lord was on him. Now, let's not just jump into the hand of the Lord real quick. Let's not get there super fast. Because let, let's remember that they had the Assyrians come in and try to defeat them. They had the Babylonians come in and succeed, tear down the temple, lead them all off. They've been through so much. Ezekiel was 20 when he, when he was led off into captivity. Here he sits. His 25th year. And the Lord comes to him. But he's been in captivity for five years. For five years. He's been sitting hopeless on the river Kabar with nothing to do. Five years. In the hand of the Lord was on him. I looked, this is Ezekiel talking. Okay, um, we're about to read a lot. And you can read the words if you want to. But one of the things that's going to help you understand this passage is not getting every detail, but to listen to the image. So if you want to look at that, you can. If you want to look at the words, feel free. I'm not going to stop you. Part of this might help you just to Focus on what he says. And there may be parts of this where you say, I don't get it. That's a good place to be. And you'll, you'll, you'll see why. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north. An immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal. And in the fire... And in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. Okay, he's going to do this a lot. He's going to, he's, he's having this image. And he's trying to explain what he saw. But have you ever had a dream? And you started telling your spouse or your friend about the dream. You're like, you know, I had the craziest dream last night. So I was in our house. But it was like an old playground at McDonald's. And then like three quarters into the dream, you realize they don't understand what I'm saying. And I get now that it sounds crazy. So the, uh, he, he's going to say things a lot. Like, and it looked, it was kind of like, it looked 
like. It was had the appearance of. So he, he's, he's giving this, this sort of vague, best he can description. And the fire was what looked like four living creatures in appearance. Their form was human. But each of them had four faces and four wings. Technically, not human. You know, that, that's a McDonald's ball pit kind of scenario. It was, a, it was like a human, but they had four faces, and wings, tails. Their legs were straight. Their knees were like those of a calf, gleamed like burnished bronze. So we got these four things. Under the wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. And all, all four of them had faces and wings. And each and the and the wings of the of the one touched the wings of another, and each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had face of a human being, and on the right side each had the face of a lion, and on the left side the face of an ox, and also uh, the face of an eagle. Still, not a human. Such were their faces. <laughs> Such were their faces. That's the best I've got. They each had two wings spreading out upward, each wing touching that of the creature on either side, and each had two other wings covering its body. Each one went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go without turning as they went. The appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire of, or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance of the structure of the wheels. Good. They sparkled like, sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. We know the word gyroscope. Okay. Y'all don't have to remember that line. It doesn't come back later. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions that the creatures faced. The wheels did not change direction as the creatures went. The rims were high and awesome. I love that line. The rims were high and awesome. And all four rims were full of eyes all around. When the living creatures moved, the wheels beside them moved. And when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels also rose. Wherever the Spirit would go, they would go and the wheels would rise along with them. Because the Spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. Okay, not in the body, in the wheels. When the creatures moved, they also moved. When the creatures stood still, they also stood still. And when the creatures rose from the ground, the wheels rose along with them. Because the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Spread out above the heads of the living creatures was what looked like a vault. Sparkling like crystal and awesome. Under the vault, their wings were stretched out toward the other and each two wings covering his body. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of the wings like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumults of an army. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. Then there came a voice from above the vault over their heads as they stood with lowered wings above the vault. A vault over their heads was what looked like a throne of lapis lazuli and high above the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that from what appeared to be his waist. That's one of my favorite lines in this whole thing. I, this is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. But I saw from what appeared to be his waist up. He looked like glowing metal 
as if full of fire, and that from there down he looked like fire and brilliant light surrounded him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down and I heard the voice of one speaking. Okay, gather yourselves. I have read this chapter a lot in my life. Uh, one, because it's interesting. I, it's just, and, I, and I've always thought it would be nice to try to draw this. But pfft, what do you do? It's not going to work. And it's just, I can't, I can't close my eyes and picture this thing. I can get close, but there's some weird things happening. But he's not trying to give us an exact image of what was happening when God rolled up. He's just letting us know he did. And when God rolls up to the river Kabar... When God rolls up to hopelessness, to when you've lost your faith, He rolls up and it's hard to explain. God cannot be described. You ever see those things out of the corner of your eyes? Am I the only one? Doctors can tell me why I do that, but... Every once in a while, you just boop, see a thing, look, it's gone. You know, it looks like a centaur. I'm just kidding about that part. No, it's just a little blob. Don't look, you can't look directly at it, it goes away. God's kind of like that with us. Like we see him in, glam, in glimpses in the corner of our eye, but we can't, we can't take a panoramic picture wide enough to get all of God in it. God is so great and glorious and powerful that God God gets out of our peripheral. We can't see fully God. And sometimes we see God, parts of God, and it would be a mistake to then go, I have seen and know and fully understand and fully comprehend God. And when you say that, my, my response is, I saw God and it was like, it seemed like what appeared to be his waist up, there was burning metal. And his rims were high and awesome. They were gyroscopes and they moved wherever the spirit of the Lord moved. I can't tell you what God looks like, but I can tell you he shows up at the river Kabar. When hopelessness and when faithlessness, whenever disaster strikes, God does show up and it might not look like what you'd expected it to because Ezekiel looked his whole life his whole life he saw God in the temple in the holy of holies in the ark of the covenant on the altar before God he saw God there not in Babylon we don't go to Babylon to find God God's not in Babylon but there God is calling him to faithfulness 
just like, I don't know if you remember earlier on in the story, God calls Abraham. You know where Abraham was? Babylon. Abraham was Babylonian. Lived in Ur. Called him to Israel. Here God shows up once more. But this time in, the, in, a, in, a, in a place of hopelessness, in a place of brokenness, in a place of... The river Kabar was not where Ezekiel wanted to be. And while you may have never been to the river Kabar, I bet the river Kabar has made a showing in your life. I don't know where we're going to go from here. A theologian um, that I follow says that desperation is simply when tomorrow looks just like today. And there's no hope of change, of, of progression, of getting excited about new things, about learning, about hope. There's no goals. That's desperation. Tomorrow is going to be just like today and for five years it was. Ezekiel set and lived there for five years in desperation and hopelessness without a sense of purpose and without the presence of God and when God rolled up he couldn't even put his finger on now if you read the rest of Ezekiel you'll see that Ezekiel uh, it's not like hey, God's here man things are great <laughs> he asks Ezekiel to do some weird things like Ezekiel, lay on your side for a long time. That's one of them. Ezekiel, I want your arm to fall asleep. He asked him to do some strength. Build a, build a clay castle. Make a dog statue. He doesn't ask him to do that, but it's weird enough and you don't know. He asked Ezekiel to do some strange things. He asked Ezekiel to make some brave moves. So when God shows up, He doesn't always give you comfort. He gives you vocation. He gives you a job. He gives you a ministry. He gives you something that, that, will, that will change your life. But when He rolls up, on the river Kabar, make sure you don't try to define him and box him in. Because God is going to fulfill and um, uplift your hopelessness. But it's not always the way you want him to do. Any control freaks in the audience? You can tell the control freaks because they go, mm. <laughs> He's not going to make me raise my hand when I don't want to. Nobody did. <laughs> By round of applause with two claps and about medium level, who's a control freak? Thank you. Now, you, we do that with God. I need God to fix this. I would like God to move. But God, I have a list of how. 
You know, Ezekiel probably didn't think, man, I wish God would come. And I wish it was on a crazy vehicle. <laughs> I want it bought. Give me some lapis lazuli, God. Nope. The other reason I read this passage a lot is it just reminds me that I don't got it. I don't. I don't have a grasp on God. I don't. I don't have it all figured out. Ezekiel didn't. I won't. You don't. God can show up wherever God wants to. God can use whoever God wants to. God can redeem, forgive, show grace, show love, show kindness to whoever God wants to. But for the longest time, we've become the police of such things. We say, God, if you're going to show up, you're going to have to do so by our standards. And if you're only viewing God through that limited box, you will always miss out on the glory and magnitude of the living God who rolls into the river Kabar, who marches into your hopelessness. Because if you box God in, and now you don't box God in, but you use like your your own your own little set of binoculars to see him you see him just through the lens lenses you want to see god and if you see god just through those lenses you will miss out on all that god is doing and if you box god in if god likes all the people you like and dislikes all the people you dislike if god approves of all the people you approve of and disapproves of all the people of which you disapprove you can be sure that you're worshiping a plastic God. God that can be set on the desk and said, this is what my God is. There we go. Now, Jesus, we know about. Jesus is a carpenter's son. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to the Father is through Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, the King. But God is working in your life. And sometimes there's not scriptures to point to to say, well, this is how it's going to happen. So you've got to just trust God. In religious circles, we call that faith. But I think trust is when you say, God, whatever you do, do it. You know, and we, we hear Jesus say, not my will, but yours be done. And sometimes we interpret that to mean, God, here's option A. And I think, um, I would like there to be option B. But if option A is what you, is the only way you can do it, then option A it is. But when, when we say, and when Jesus says, God, not my will, but yours be done. What we need to be thinking is not, God, I'm sure there's many options. We need to be thinking, God, you're bigger than my options. Like, God, you, I don't understand all the ways you do things. I don't get all the ways you grow people. I, don't, I can't fathom all the ways you're faithful to your people. 
but your will be done. So you may be in a few different places. You may be at the river Kabar, confused and alone and hopeless. The lesson of Ezekiel is not just, hey, just wait, God will show up. But it's also patient endurance produces justice. Patiently endure. Or maybe you think God's working one way and you need God to work another. And I think you need to expand your view of God. Let God fill your vision and run off the screen. We don't get God. But we praise God because He gets us. So you want to be in that relationship with God who can change and affect and move all things, who can take hopelessness and turn it into hope, who can take sin and turn it into salvation, who can take bondage and turn it into freedom. Who can take your shame and turn it into faith. You might have to wait. And when God shows up, you're not going to get to pick. When God shows up, you're not going to get to choose what happens. And when God shows up, there's a good chance He's just going to give you something to do. Today, that might be that day for you. Whether you want to be baptized, whether you want to give more of your time to your community, your church family. Whether you want to get involved with the life group or you want to heal your marriage. You want to pray for those sins you just can't stay away from. And you need people to stand with you and say, we will be here with you when you're tempted. You need prayers. Maybe God's showing up for you today. Maybe He's given you something to do. Maybe you need to come forward and do it. Please do that while we stand and sing.